Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy, and today's guest, Kelly McIntyre, author of Passport Project Book and CEO and creator of Four Worn Passports. She and her husband had a passion for adventure and culture, and it was a long time bucket wish for them. But was it for their daughters? Hey y'all, what would you do if your parents said, we've come up with a brilliant idea. We're going on a global adventure. You won't go to school, see your friends, play your favorite sport, or go to any parties or dances for five months. You can only take one suitcase, three pairs of shoes, and you have to pack for hot and cold weather. And as a bonus, you get to spend 24-7 with your parents. Would you squeal with delight or squall with dread? Would you hug them or hate them? That's exactly what our parents did. And And this this is our story. In this episode, we talk about how they ditched school twice in exchange for a global education using the world as their classroom. She also shares the secrets to extraordinary adventures on an ordinary budget and how their mission is to help other families travel boldly. So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and the pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Kelly has to say. Let's get into the podcast. Kelly, say hello to our guests and tell us, what is one misconception you feel most have about homeschooling? Hi, Beck. So good to talk to you and your homeschool audience. I think one of the most common misconceptions is that homeschoolers are a bunch of socially awkward kids with their moms wearing bonnets and prairie skirts teaching them. And of course, that nothing's further from the truth, but I think that is what a whole lot of people think of when they picture homeschoolers. And you guys are nothing close to that. In <laughs> fact, you have an amazing story. Can you just enlighten us about what you do and how it got started? Because this is such a cool story. Yes. Okay. So just a little background. We are not traditional homeschoolers, but when our daughters were in elementary school, so I have two and they're, they're young adults now, but when they were in elementary school, we set a family goal to explore every continent except for Antarctica before they finished high school. So we started out in elementary school and we started out with Central America and some of the closer places, countries, continents, but we really stepped up our game when they were in middle school and we decided rather than just tackling one continent at a time, one year at a time, we decided to go on a round the world trip. And so we pulled them out of middle school for a semester and we traveled around the world. Oh my gosh. I think that is so amazing. (laughs) It's like, that is so crazy. How, so what made you guys think of doing that in such a short period of time? And how did your girls feel? That is the million dollar question. But to answer the first part first, so we we started out where we would spend usually our Christmas breaks, we would take a big trip and stay two to three weeks somewhere. And when they were in the fifth and the sixth grades, we went to Thailand and Cambodia over Christmas break. And we, we were going for three weeks. We had a just my husband and I each had one backpack each. We just thought we were the bomb doing this. And 
when we were on that trip, we were in the Bangkok airport and there was another family there that also had middle schoolers. They were carrying the identical red Osprey backpacks. And it turned out they were not traveling for three weeks. They were traveling for a year. And we came home from that trip and we said, okay, we have a whole new goal. It's not just to hit the six continents. It's actually to do a long-term trip, what turned into a world schooling adventure. I'll be honest. If you were my parents, I would have been so stoked. That just sounds amazing. Like to be able to travel around the world and do these amazing things. But how did your girls take it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have two daughters and probably most parents can relate. If you have two, they are going to be nothing alike. And if you have three, they're going to be nothing alike. And if you have four, they're going to be nothing alike. But my two, so at the time when we told them we were going, they were in the sixth and seventh grades, and they were going to be missing the seventh and eighth grades. And our younger one, who was going to miss seventh, she was thrilled. She I mean, she busted out the dance moves. She was so excited when we told her. She's super adventurous. But our older daughter, Delaney, who was the one who was going to be missing eighth grade, blamed us for ruining her life. (laughs) And we're talking major teenage drama. (laughs) And um, it was was something. In fact, she was so convincing. And if, if, if any of your audience that has teenage daughters, they... Man, teenage girls can gaslight like no others. <laughs> Tell me about it. Right? Yeah. And I was so, a good one. Yeah. Well, I was too. <laughs> so <laughs> we got it back in spades, right? <laughs> and so she had us, she actually almost had us convinced to not do this thing. And um, and I and I went to lunch with a friend one day. And I was telling her this because she knew this was our dream. My husband and I were just, we were all in to do this, you know, big, we called it a global family field trip. And um, so I was telling her, I just don't know if we're going to do it. Delaney says we're ruining our life. And she goes, are you kidding me? Are you going to let a 13 year old girl steal your dream? And I was like, huh, well, when you put it that way, no, no, I'm not. And so, um, so we just said, look. We're the parents, you're the kid, we're doing this thing, you know, you can, you can embrace it or you can, or not, but you're going. And, um, and so that, that was a kind of a fun way to start it, but spoiler alert, it, she, she will tell you now, it was the greatest thing that ever happened in her life. But, but it's funny because we had the two very different perspectives that, you know, the one daughter who was so excited and the other one who was super reluctant. And, you know, that's normal. They think when you're in middle school, you think eighth grade is going to be the greatest thing ever. And no one wants to miss eighth grade if you've suffered through sixth and seventh, right? (laughs) That is so true. Oh my gosh. Because if you've traversed through Sixth and seventh grade, which seventh, I personally think seventh grade is the hardest <laughs> grade to get through. If you can't like, get through that, you're like, I'm golden. Like, seriously, seventh is like, you get tested. <laughs> it's like, right. Oh and my gosh. So funny you say that because that is exactly what she said. She goes, It's no fair. Riley gets to miss seventh grade. 
Seventh is the worst. Everyone knows that. So. It, it just is. I don't know what it is. It's the hormonal level, <laughs> whatever. But I just, uh, yeah. So Riley was so lucky. She didn't have to go through that, but she did it traveling. That's amazing. So like, what were the results? Like, what were some of their, um, and we're going to be getting into uh, the curriculum that came out sure. of this amazing trip but like what were the results of your daughters going through this like what were some of their testimonies mm. I would say the two biggest takeaways come down to appreciating the liberties and freedoms that we have as Americans that most people do not realize we have and secondly just having such an appreciation for diversity especially when all of a sudden you've been the one who's different you're the one who doesn't fit in. You're the one who's in the minority. And so wow. those are the two just overwhelming takeaways. Those are huge from, takeaways. Yeah. yeah. And those are, huge, are, those are, they speak into like what's happening right now. And it puts a flip on the entitlement mentality, which I think is amazing. And in fact, on the whole liberties and freedoms thing, just last month, my husband and I were hiking the Camino de Santiago in Spain. And, and anyway, we met this guy. He was a young guy. He's actually from California in his 20s, but no kids, not married. And very much, you could just tell he was just one of those people who's just really down on America. And he was about to travel to a bunch of countries and and just thinking that every everywhere else was going to be better. And I said, well, that's, you know, that's great. I'm, you know, it's great that you're doing this and you're going to travel. I think you're going to find after you've been to some places, you're going to appreciate some things that freedoms that you have that a lot of the world doesn't have. And he goes, oh, what, what are you talking about? And I said, well, okay, just, just one example, just one. I said, did you know that homeschooling is illegal in Germany? And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, like you can't homeschool. <laughs> but then his reaction was, what's wrong with that? And I was like, are you kidding me? I said, do you really think the government is better equipped to educate than parents? I mean, do you, do you really think that parents shouldn't even have the option if they want to homeschool? And anyway, that was just mind blowing to me. It was mind blowing to me that that was his perspective. So he's definitely one of those bonnets and prairie, prairie skirt kind of people, right? <laughs> Who has no idea what the homeschool community is actually like. But, but on the flip side that, you know, you know, our daughters in middle school literally saw the world and, and learned about the world. And there's no way they ever, you could, you could never duplicate that in a classroom ever. You can't even come close to it. So yeah. the fact that there's this whole country that that's not even an option, it, just wow. It we is are so fortunate as, as Americans to be able to, to have the freedoms that we have. I agree. I actually didn't know about, so I, I studied in Spain for um, a, like a semester and um, it actually was like a, it was a summer semester. So I, I studied in Spain over the summer um, during my college years. And I was also one of those kids who came out of the public school and I hated on America. And I thought, you know, yes, I'm going to go to Spain. And within weeks, weeks, I literally can feel and sense the strongholds and just the oppression that is in, you know, an outside country. 
that when I arrived back to the United States, and I think a lot of us left United States thinking one way mm -hmm. and came back. So thankful to be an American. So thankful yes. to live in this country. I would say half of us were crying when we came home, just thanking wow. God. Wow. Two of us dropped, dropped on the floor, getting out of the airport, just dropped on the floor and just like literally just like just held on to the ground it was a, it was a little dramatic wow. but we really <laughs> felt it like but, i was just like right. oh my gosh a lot every single one of us who saw the american flag on uh, upon coming out of the airport like every single one of us were like oh my goodness thank you lord thank you lord and that was just me studying spanish in spain right <laughs> like, right that's all i did and when i came back my appreciation for the country was vastly different and i did that in my in my late 20s it was 20 right. i was 27 i think and right. that really helped me understand like our freedoms and so you're absolutely right the, the 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 one way to really understand like what what you have here is to leave here honestly Absolutely. a lot of people who yep. are like oh i can't stand america i'm like well then why don't you just go to the country you want to go live at mm -hmm. and i right. promise you you're going to be like Oof, coming back home and if you're not <laughs> hey then you found the country you you should live in like right right everybody exactly. wins <laughs> everybody wins that's so funny yeah. so kelly tell us how did your curriculum and the focus of your work towards the homeschool community come out of this amazing trip at the end of 2019 so my youngest had gone away to college and i was really trying to figure out what what is my next step in life what is god calling me to do i believe we are all called for a purpose and the tricky part is figuring out what that is and so i was really searching for what that purpose was and and that was at the end of 2019 well early 2020 we all know what happened so um, you know, I got stuck at home just like everybody else. That and everybody was so divided. You know, it was such a scary, angry, divided period of time. And I just felt really, really called to write something that would unify people rather than divide. I, you know, I, from what we had experienced, I knew I had a really, really important story to share. So I was called to write a book. I didn't know it at the time. What I never had any plans to write a book. I was called to write a book, and I knew that I needed to write something for teens and tweens, and it was going to be sharing a lot of these lessons that we learned through our world schooling experience. That's awesome. Can you take me through like one of your lessons? Okay. So it's really, it, it is a round the world family travel memoirs, but it's written for teens and tweens. And basically, if you think about it, if if you enjoy reading travel memoirs, there are so many out there and so many are great, but there are none that are appropriate for teens and tweens. You know, they're mm. all written from an adult perspective for adults. And, and that was why I felt called to write one, because I wanted something that was appropriate for young people to, to because, and you know, I get that not everybody is going to have the opportunity to explore the far corners of the world but everyone can open a book and kids are so curious about the world but most have not seen much of it which i mean i've never been anywhere till i was in my 20s i think that's pretty normal most people don't have those opportunities until they're older and sure. so i so the way our book is written is i wrote it from delaney and riley's 14 and 12 year old perspectives and so it's dual point of view because you know, you can take the kids out of middle school, but you cannot take the middle school out of kids. And I knew that would 
just be just a really powerful yet but yet entertaining way to really see the world because they were dealing with all the normal junk that you're dealing with as adolescents, right? All the normal junk, but they were also navigating new customs, cultures, religions on a daily basis. And so it just makes for just a very entertaining read. But the way the book is written is, is broken into three parts. Part one is the bubble and we all live in bubbles. You know, our bubbles may not look the same, but we all live in them. And so part one is just kind of our normal school, church. This is what daily life looks like leading up to leaving on the big trip. Part two is the world. And that's where readers visit 12 countries across four continents. And each country is a chapter. And so each chapter begins with a map and, and then it ends with a passport lesson and a, um, and a high and low. And so, and then in, in between this whole narrative, so it's the back and forth of the two girls, but they're, it, it's written in their first person point of view, but it's, you know, it's, it's an entertaining narrative of what they're going through, but it's also interwoven. It's geography, it's history, it's religion, it's languages, it's customs, it's cultures, but it's all wrapped up into this really entertaining read. And then part three is called The Difference, and that is how they were changed by this experience. And the the very end of the book, the part three, is a four-year time hop, and it's where they are then a junior and senior in high school, and they share how their lives were changed because of this experience. Wow. And then, oh, as, oh, as far going, as resources, oh, yeah, no, 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 as far as resources then, so there is a discussion guide in the back that has 30 or 40 questions, so it makes it really suitable for, you know, classroom use, homeschool use book club, but there's also a student workbook that a seventh grade teacher created and it's on teachers pay teachers. So there's actually like an actual curriculum to go along with it if a parent wanted that. That's awesome. You you brought me to my next question. How would they be able oh. to find your resources? So to learn more about the book, they could just visit the passportprojectbook.com. Uh, if they go there, they, there's a trailer, there is an author Q&A, the, the discussion questions, like they can, everything they want to read about the book. That also links them to our forewarnedpassports.com website, which is our travel blog. And it was actually on that website where the girls, when we were on the big trip, that was what I required of them to meet their homeschooling was that they had to write to meet uh, English and social studies. So they had to write about what they were learning. And so it is actually their firsthand accounts on that website. But then in addition to that, I have a lot of information out there for families that are just interested in cultural travel and figuring out how to do it on their own. Um, I share budget tips or how to plan these really amazing trips for a really reasonable amount of money. There's two websites are linked, the passportprojectbook.com and forewarnedpassports.com. And then on Teachers Pay Teachers, I believe that's .net. If they go to that website, they can just search for the Passport Project and it will they can find the, the student workbook there. It's so funny because I was going to ask you, like, what if someone wanted to replicate what you guys did, but, you know, in their own way? Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you 
of course, of course, when God's involved, he's always going to give you those ideas to go ahead and right. just do it. So that's fantastic. You spoke to about 600 students, right? Uh, about <sighs> your book. Yes. And that's so funny. That was such a huge God moment. Because first of all, like I said, I never had plans to write a book. And then God was like, tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh, yeah, you've got an important story to share. You're going to do this. And then after the book was published, we were invited to speak at a local middle school, 600 students. That is so not my element at all. I have no teaching background. Oh my goodness. So the morning of, I was so nervous. I didn't sleep at all the night before. I could not believe I had agreed to speak to 600 students. And I was like, all right, God, this was your big idea. I wrote this book and now I'm going to talk to these kids. And if you want anyone to read this book, it's on you because I've, I've done what I can do. And at the end of the day, so I spent the whole day at this school talking to a hundred kids at a time, hundred kids. And at the end of the day, the lead social studies teacher came up to me and she said, next year, every seventh grader will read this book. It will be a formal part of our curriculum. Wow. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's Awesome. Oh my gosh, that is fantastic. I'm so glad that happened. And have you heard anything from them since? Yes. And it was that teacher who created the curriculum that is now on Teachers Pay Teachers. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. And then it's it's rolled out, I know, to another middle school. And so I really hope to see it just really to, to just grow from there. But, and it's also been used by homeschool it's so perfect for homeschooling because it's it's all the stuff it's all the stuff wrapped up into to one book that's so entertaining yet educational at the same time and just big big life lesson heart to so that's where we're going it just was published in march and it's just really beginning to grow organically and it's exciting to see that's really amazing. I love when, you know, we step out in faith and we do those things that we're just not comfortable doing and we watch God's hand move and just he takes over and he does what he need he what he what he is so good at doing. And that is just yeah. magnifying things. So that's awesome. Kelly, thank you so much for sharing your your stories, like your experience, you know, your daughter's experience and just all your just all the wisdom and, and testimonies that came out of this. So as we're wrapping up, what is one thing that you want to leave parents with? One big takeaway. As your audience knows, experiential learning is the best kind of learning. I mean, there's nothing that, that even comes close to that. And world schooling itself is, of course, the ultimate in experiential learning. And so I would say that if 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 any of them has the slightest interest in in stepping out into and and let me let me back up for just a second too and when I say world schooling because kind of like homeschooling there are so many different definitions because I know that for some people world schooling is they actually just go move to another country for a period of time and then they homeschool in that country so that's world schooling but for us world schooling was really homeschooling meets the amazing race. And so we were homeschooling, but we were rapid fire traveling. What I would say is, and now 
certainly post-COVID, everybody knows you can learn anything anywhere. None of us are, are really tied to a desk or an office like before. If we were to to redo our trip again, what I would tell somebody, especially if they were only doing it like we did for a semester, that it was not like this long period of time. I would... Because when we went on a trip, we, I, my daughters did a curriculum, an online curriculum for science, an online curriculum for math, and they were reading about the places we were going. They were writing about the places. And I would say, forget the science curriculum for sure. Who cares if you miss a semester of science in, like in middle school? It doesn't matter. Math, keep up with the math. Whatever, whether it's Khan Academy, whether it's a, a formal curriculum, whatever, keep up with that. But then just read and write because every day, just living, just moving country to country, that is the education. And I think because we were traditional schoolers, I I just still had a somewhat rigid mentality about education. And I thought, oh, we've got to check the box for science. We've got to check the box for this. And it just really, looking back, it wasn't necessary, I think. So I would, I would say kind of relax the curriculum aspect because what you are doing is the education. That is some really, really good advice. Wow. I like that. Awesome. So thank well, you so good. much. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on today. Um, I hope we get to do this again. Honestly, it's been a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much, Fun Bex. If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.